I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class. I've never even put anything in a quilt show. But I love quilting, and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. Join me as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy, and wait for it, I'm a quilter. I wasn't sure if I'd be able to post a new episode this week or not, but I ended up with a little time to spare that I didn't expect, so I thought I'd go ahead and do one. I just got home from one trip this afternoon, and I head out again Thursday morning, so I'm getting this podcast ready while I'm madly trying to get a couple of loads of laundry done. I did have time to spend a little time sitting outside on my patio this afternoon in the sun. It was beautiful, especially after the weather I lived through this weekend, but a little bit more about that later. Thanks to everyone who's subscribing to this podcast. It is fantastic. I have a lot of fun doing it, so it's nice to know that people seem to be having fun listening to it, too. The show blog for this podcast is at http colon slashy slashy quilter dot podbean dot com. So please do stop by the show blog and leave your own comments and your own input, and you will help shape future episodes. In fact, a new listener, Francis, commented on episode five in which we got organized. She said that she's quilting in the dining room and she could really use some shelf space. She's hoping to find a good used dresser for her stuff. She says, quote, Until then, I straighten things out and then start working. Chaos ensues, and then I straighten it all out again. Unquote. Francis, we're all rooting for you to get your dresser sooner rather than later. But I do have to say, if all it takes is a dresser to keep chaos from ensuing, could you buy me one too? There's definite chaos afoot in my sewing space right now. Lindy, Tammy, Brylin, Kathy, Janet, and Gretchen, thanks for your comments as well. And Gretchen, does it still feel cool? Okay, that's an inside joke. I'm hoping she gets it. By the way, if you don't want me mentioning your name or your comment on the air, let me know. You can contact me privately through the quilter.podbean.com page. If you look right under the logo at the top of the right-hand menu, and you click on the word contact, I think that'll send me a little Podbean mail message. To be honest, I haven't used that feature yet, so I'm not entirely sure how it works. Maybe one of you could send me a fun test message just to let me see. You can also contact me through the Big Tent group for quilting for the rest of us. Remember, there's a link right on my Podbean site to join the Big Tent Quiltcast supergroup first, and from there you can join my subgroup for quilting for the rest of us, as well as joining several other quilty podcast groups. I have a bunch of new members in our Quilting for the Rest of Us group, and I want to give a shout-out. Hey, everybody! There's a couple of conversations going, one about lighting in your sewing area, and one about your favorite surprise quilty find. There's always new topics coming up for discussion, so if you haven't already joined us, please do. I'm going to be starting to post some polls about topics for upcoming episodes and such soon, so please do join us and help shape what you'll hear in the future. And remember, I'm doing a drawing of the names of anyone who has joined the Quilting for the Rest of Us subgroup by May 15th. You'll get a very cute little pack of 5-inch squares which I don't think I can officially call a charm pack, because I think that's a Moda trademark. And this isn't Moda fabric, but it's a collection from Studio E. On to episode 6, in which I quilt virtually, or virtually quilt. In other words, I was on the road, so I couldn't touch my machine, but I still managed to put in a lot of time thinking quilts. My husband and I were traveling this weekend to do some college visits with my daughter. I do have a growing theory about the relationship between the availability of a good quilt shop nearby 
and the appropriateness of a college for my daughter's future. I wrote about that theory on my blog at quilttessellations.blogspot.com, and there is a link to my blog from the show notes to this podcast. I want to give a shout-out to the Village Comforts Fabric Shop in Lake Placid. This was one of the uh, wonderful serendipitous events, Lake Placid, New York, near one of the colleges that my daughter was looking at, and so we spent a, a couple of days just hanging out in Lake Placid, in the snow and rain, I might add. In any case, one afternoon we were wandering through the main street of Lake Placid, just kind of poking our nose in shops here and there, in the snow and the rain. Again, just need to point that out. It's April. Anyway, I stumbled across this fabric shop. I really had to work to find it. I had Googled ahead of time fabric stores or quilt stores, Lake Placid or something, and nothing had come up, which really surprised me because I felt like in a place like Lake Placid, there had to be something. Apparently, I just wasn't using the right search terms uh, because as we were walking along, we went into this um, sort of an archway between two stores, and it was what I guess you would call an arcade. It was sort of a mini uh, indoor mall kind of thing. It had maybe eight stores in there, and there at the very, very end, um, on the left-hand side from where I was standing, was this wonderful little fabric shop. I guess we quilters can always, you know, just follow your nose. You'll find it eventually. It was just a wonderful little store, and I keep using the word little because it was a very, very small space, probably the smallest quilt shop I think I've ever been in, and that includes a woman that used to run a quilt store out of a freestanding shed out in her own yard. This, I think, was smaller than that, but she had a great selection. She just used her space really, really well, and so I bought some, oh, shall we say, fabric souvenirs there. Uh, I think I also posted a picture to what I bought in my Blogspot blog. I'm always impressed by people who can make such good use of the space that they've got. Uh, Village Comfort, she also has an online presence. You can find the store at www.villagecomforts.com, so do check it out. The other fabric store that I found near the other college that we visited, not so much, and the college, as it turned out, not so much. So that fabric store wasn't even really a fabric store. It was a hobby store. That shall remain nameless. You will see a reference to that experience as well in my Tessellations blog. So uh, do visit that if you're interested in um, looking at, and maybe you will agree or disagree with my theory about colleges and quilt stores. So in terms of virtual quilting, that's all I could do this weekend. I had brought some books with me, some magazines with me, but I'd also brought my laptop because, one, it's hard for me to travel without it. I feel like I'm missing an arm or a leg, Uh, but it's also because I do have um, Electric Quilt EQ6 on there and wanted to spend some time messing around with that, and I'm going to say a little bit more about EQ later. Uh, But it made me think this weekend about the amount of time I spend doing virtual quilting or um, using online resources to help inspire me or teach me or whatever, and I thought I'd share some of that with you now. I subscribe to a bunch of quilt-related newsletters, mostly newsletters distributed by stores or online quilt shows and clubs and fabric manufacturers, Uh, but recently I realized I should try something new. I subscribe to Google News Alerts for a couple of, uh, shall we say, serious matters related to my job and the volunteer work I do, but I'd never thought before to set up a news alert for quilting. So I did that a few days before I left town, and I got my first news alert while I was gone, and it was just so much fun. Now, if you're not familiar with a news alert, um, and I'm mostly familiar with Google, that's the one I use, so that's the one I, I will talk about. I think they all work about the same way. You just give a couple of keywords, and then you set up, you know, here's the email address I want you to send it to, here's how often I want to get a news alert. 
and then it searches the web for any reference in news articles or blogs or however, again, whatever parameters you've set up for it to search for any articles related to that topic. And so I think the search terms I used was probably just quilts or quilting or maybe some combination thereof, and I get an, a news alert once a week. And so this news alert had a couple of articles about local quilt shows um, in areas that I would never even know about the quilt shows, let alone be able to travel to. And some of them had some great pictures of some of the quilts in those quilt shows. And it had a few other articles about, you know, demonstrations going on or, or various things. And then there was a wonderful article about a woman who's teaching quilting. And I think it was in a middle school which just had some wonderful quotations from the the kids she was teaching. I'm going to actually put a link to that particular article in the show notes for this episode because it was just, I really enjoyed reading it. Um, but it was a really fun thing for me to be able to kind of get a sense of what's going on out there in the world. So Google News Alerts or whatever source you want to use for news alerts is a great way to see what's going on in the real quilty world uh, while you're living in your virtual quilty world online. Um, I do reference the Google News Alerts in my Big Tent group, so check out the news items there. I think it's in news for a link, and if you've never set up a Google News Alert, it's really, really easy. So I'd encourage you to give it a shot. You may have to tweak a little bit what search terms you use if you're not getting the kind of articles you want to get or whatever, but it's it's a really easy process, so I do encourage you to do that. Another way to virtually quilt is, of course, podcasts. Now, I was in the car for a lot of hours this weekend, and so I used that as an opportunity to uh, listen to a bunch of quilty podcasts. I listen to podcasts all the time, but I've been a little bit out of the loop on quilt-related ones, and so I've been now going through and, and trying to listen to a lot of other quilt podcasts and see what's going on out there. I really enjoyed uh, Bry Lynn's episode 41 of her Sew Stitch Create podcast. She had an amusing account of a visit to a yarn store. All right, so maybe it wasn't amusing for her. It was a disappointing experience, uh, as she describes it. But you really, you can't help but shake your head with a wry smile. uh, Because I think all of us have gone to stores where we wonder, how in the world do these people stay in business? Uh, Clearly, for some store owners, customers are sort of an afterthought. In fact, for some people, it seems like actually running a store and earning money is an afterthought, so who knows? You can find Brylin's podcast on her website at www.sostitchcreate.com. There's a lot of other great stuff there, too. That whole website is just a wonderful resource. Another podcast I uh, listened to was Quilt Cabana Corner, and that's also another nice resource, Sandy. uh, She spells her Sandy with an I, as opposed to I spell mine with a Y. Uh, But Sandy of Quilt Cabana Patters gives reviews of quilt books and tools and the like in her podcast. So maybe I'm biased because us Sandys have to stick together, but I did enjoy her podcast, and thanks for a great resource, Sandy. You can find the Quilt Cabana podcast on iTunes or at Podbean like mine, http colon slashy slashy quiltcabanacorner.podbean.com. By the way, the times that I start out leading off uh, giving you a website address with HTTP is because those are the ones that do not have the www dot in them. Otherwise, I would just say www. But if it doesn't have the www, I will start out by saying the HTTP just to really highlight that it's not www.quiltcabanacorner. It's just quiltcabanacorner.podbean.com. Uh, the Quilted Cupcake podcast with the host, Jean, did an episode recently on organizing your quilt studio as well. And I'm sorry, I didn't hear her podcast before I gave mine. I want you to know I'm not just playing copycat. Uh, she 
had some of the same tips I did, but she also went more in depth. Her podcast is a little bit longer than mine, so she gave a lot of other ideas as well. We do both agree on using label makers, so do run out and buy yours today. She also had some ideas for attractive storage, which has given me food for thought. I tend to always err on the side of function over form. Um, she had some great ideas that combine both form and function, and so I'm going to have to be uh, listen to her podcast again and maybe jot down some ideas and look at my own organization a little bit differently. You can check out Jean's podcast through iTunes or at http dot slashy slashy I'm sorry, http colon slashy slashy quilted cupcake dot libsyn dot com. Libsyn spelled L I B as in boy S Y N all one word. One of the newsletters I subscribe to is from about dot com, a great website. Uh, this one is actually the direct link is http colon slashy slashy quilting dot about dot com. That's where you can also subscribe to this newsletter. Uh, the newsletter, well, the, the website itself has free block patterns, a quilting show and tell gallery, and a variety of really helpful articles. Uh, the newsletter that comes just posts links to whatever is new that week. I also checked out some links to galleries on the, the quiltingabout.com website um, of various quilt barn trails. And you know the, the quilt barn trails, that's where they've painted big quilt blocks on barns or other structures along a road, and you can take a map and kind of visit from one to the other. Uh, there's one that's not too far from my home, actually, um, about 20 minutes away. And a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, my mom and I went to the quilt barn trail drive one day, and even with the map, we managed to drive by several of them without seeing them. We decided we'd make horrible detectives. We're not particularly observant, apparently. Of course, you put two quilters in a car, and they tend to get distracted by quilt conversation. On top of that, you put a mother and a daughter in the car, and they get distracted by conversation about the kids slash grandkids. So, frankly, we were probably a lost cause before we even pulled out of my driveway. But we did stumble across some great farm markets on the way, and I have a beautiful set of mums in my front garden that I bought that day, which are just going gangbusters now, three years later. These mums were very small when I first bought them. They are huge now, and they're spreading. They're just gorgeous, and they're a wonderful memory for me now of a great day spent with my mom, even if we couldn't find half of those stupid barns. Um, I also spent some time this weekend going through a bunch of quilt blogs. I've subscribed to a boatload of new ones, and I'm still exploring. There are a ton of quilt-related blogs out there, and every really, really every one of them has something to offer. But obviously, you can't follow all of them unless all you're doing all day is sitting at your computer and reading blogs, in which case you're not getting any quilting done, so get off your computer. But what I do suggest is that you still search out as many as you can when you've got those few times away from your sewing machine you're on your computer um, to see, read a few entries off of each one you find and see if it's something that jazzes you. Some I read because they create beautiful quilts that are an inspiration. Maybe some of them offer patterns, etc. Others I read just because I really like their writing style. Others might have a particularly interesting twist on their topic. And to be honest, there's one or two I've decided to follow just because they do a really, really nice job with their photography of their quilts. Um, there were a couple I found that I really was sitting there wondering, are these guys related to some sort of a, a publishing industry? Because their photos of their quilts were just gorgeous. They they were very professionally done, and so I I actually just look at their blogs to look at their pictures. I am getting used to using Google Reader to keep track of all this. I didn't used to use Google Reader before, because frankly, up until now, I had only followed maybe 10 blogs total, so I had them all set up on one of my Google pages. 
and I'd read them that way. But now I, it, that's just too much to keep track of. Um, so I'm really working at, at getting used to using Google Reader. And it really is very helpful in terms of keeping everything in one place and letting me see at a glance which blogs have new entries. And really, because I'm now using Google Reader, I'm probably following like 100 blogs. But at a real fast glance, I can see maybe only six of them have new entries at this time that I'm checking or whatever. So it's a much faster way to utilize your blog reading time. So I'd really suggest using something like Google Reader. There's also a one called Blog Lines. There's other blog aggregators out there. So if you don't want to use Google for whatever reason, just um, do a search for you know blog aggregators or blog readers or something like that and, and check a couple out. It really does. Um, it's a very helpful tool. The other thing I discovered, uh, one I discovered a week ago and the other one I just discovered this weekend, is you can actually download fabric libraries from Connecting Threads and from Moda to use in EQ6. So for any of you out there who are electric quilt users and you like to actually play with real-life fabric images, that's a great way to do it. Now, I've scanned a lot of my own fabric into EQ. Um, my theory being that if I can put it into a quilt design, I might actually use it and get it out of my stash. But the the thrill of being able to use connecting threads, fabrics, and particularly Moda, because I am just a huge Moda aficionado. And so being able to download a bunch of Moda stuff um, into EQ and design with it is just, it's fun. I do want to put in a quick note here that Moda has some sort of marketing genius behind them. Um, I'm consistently impressed with the way that they have been able to make it as easy as possible to use their fabrics, in which case I suspect people are buying their fabrics more. Um, Another thing that I ran across through one of the blogs I think I was reading is what's called Moda Bake Shop, B-A-K-E-S-H-O-P. Moda Bake Shop is where... um, designers will create patterns using Moda pre-cuts. So they'll use a charm pack or they'll use a jelly roll or a layer cake or whatever, and they'll give you a pattern using that particular thing, and you can download the patterns for free. Um, so it's another one of their, their marketing genius ideas. So anyway, that's all a fun way to intersect with EQ6. And speaking of EQ, um, I am working right now on designing a new project in EQ, and I need to say that I've owned EQ for years. I've upgraded it consistently. The problem, though, with being self-taught is that you mean a, you learn about half of what you need to learn, and then there's a whole lot of gaps in your knowledge. Uh, so another virtual quilt tip is to take online classes. My local quilt shop has periodically over the years had an EQ club that's met. For whatever reason, both times that they started running it, they were at times I just could never, ever make it. And it frustrated me because I would love to be part of an EQ um, club, but just couldn't do it. So instead, what I finally saw was that um, quiltuniversity.com has a series of classes about EQ. And so I finished taking the first one. You have to kind of take them in order to at least to a certain point. And I took the first one. I think that was just last month. And I've already signed up for the second one that starts maybe in mid-May. And they've been tremendously helpful. Um, the teacher, Fran Gonzalez, is excellent. The The online, the course uh, lesson plans and everything are very clear, very step-by-step. There's a discussion thread that goes with them, so you're able to post questions. But mostly it was really cool because she had us all just introduce ourselves first, and it was just a hoot to think of myself as taking a class with people from all over the world because there were other students there from Australia and from Sweden and Denmark, and just it was just funky cool. And that class was extremely helpful to me. And the next 
class, I think, will teach me what I actually need to know for the project I'm trying to work on now. What happened with the project I'm doing now is at one point when I was straightening out um, some of the fabrics in my stash, I ran across two panels that I had bought at one point. Apparently what happened was I really liked the panel, couldn't decide what color I wanted it in, so I bought it in both colors. So I now have one in um, purple and one in sort of a deep brick red kind of thing. And um, I think they are part of the Cherry Hill line. One, it, I had just posted uh, photos of a UFO I just recently finished, which is a Cherry Hill panel. This one is the same style, obviously the same fabric designer, etc. It's just a little different um, panel. So I had posted a, a question to one of the um, Big Tent groups that I'm a part of, saying, you know, I've got these two panels. I'm not even sure I posted it as a question. I think I just made it as a comment. Oh, I know. I, I had asked, actually, if anybody had any books about using panels that they wanted to particularly recommend. And I didn't get any book recommendations. I've since found some in my local library that I'm using. But Tammy suggested that I should consider using both panels in one project because I had said, you know, I hadn't decided yet which color I was going to use. She said, why not use both? And I, I commented back, that's a fantastic idea because actually I love purple and red together. That's a color combination I've always enjoyed. So I'm now working on designing a, a project that will use both of these panels together. And I'm using some of the information I, I pulled out of these books I got out of the library. And then mostly I'm working on a custom quilt design in EQ6, which actually I don't really know how to do custom quilt design. So I'm really kind of poking away at learning how to do this. And like I said, I think that's going to be covered in my next online class through quiltuniversity.com um, in May. So I'll be occasionally posting pictures of that progress as we go along, and I might even be asking some opinions here and there, because uh, the only times I've ever used panels in the past was just straight up as the panel. This is the first time I've ever cut one into component parts and put it back together with some other piecing or whatever. I'm looking forward to it, but it's um, it's slow going so far because of my learning curve in EQ. So looking forward to that next class. So here's a summary of what we've talked about in this episode and my virtual quilt tips. First, subscribe to online newsletters, especially those with uh, tips and free block patterns and stuff like that, like the About.com's quilting newsletter. Set yourself up some Google News alerts and um, just see what's happening out there in the quilt world. Download fabric libraries if you're an EQ user uh, from Connecting Threads and from Moda, and also play around with scanning your own fabrics. That's I'm not even going to get into that in this episode. Um, that's a whole other topic, but it's a lot of fun to do. Take online quilt classes. There's a whole lot of places that offer them for a wide range of prices. I am only familiar with quiltuniversity.com, but there's other ones out there, so just Google or use Bing or whatever your favorite search engine is, online quilt classes, and you'll come up with a whole lot of possibilities. And finally, of course, listen to podcasts, hopefully mine. Okay, here's where you get to join into the conversation. Be sure to go to the show blog for this podcast. Again, that's http colon slashy slashy quilter.podbean.com. And leave comments that give us some of your favorite virtual quilting activities, especially if you've got some favorite blogs that you listen to, if you have newsletters you subscribe to or websites that you visit regularly that you think are particularly helpful, share them with the rest of us, um, because we all need to help each other learn. Okay, pod quilters, that's it for this week. I'm not sure when I'll post my episode next week because I'm going to be taking a red-eye flight home and I'll be jet-lagged for a bit, but I've got some great upcoming episodes in the works, namely an interview with a quilt appraiser. And that's all I'm going to say about that for now.
So until next time, folks, go forth and quilt. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. 